Lock Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. I tell you, this is another t- Wednesday night, and this is Ryan Green. Hopefully, I am actually on the air. We uh, Blog Talk Radio is doing what Blog Talk Radio likes to do, and that is mess up sometimes on during prime time. So we are here. Hopefully, I am coming through in the uh, on the airways, and you can hear me. But uh, this is Ryan Green, the Ryan and Brian Show. Every Wednesday night right here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <clears throat> you can check us out here. Uh, I am uh, my co-host. Uh, Brian is not with us this evening, but um, we are going to wait for uh, our other co-host to call in, our, our guest host tonight to call in. So let me go ahead and bring her on the line. Here we go. I think we got it now. Miss Adrienne Watson-Carver, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. I tell you, we <laughs> every now and then, at least once a month, Blog Talk gives us some, 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 some mess, and we have to deal with it. But that's what we do on live radio. We keep going. So I'm glad we got you on the air. Looks like we got things starting to pick up now. The music was playing. I couldn't stop the music. I couldn't see the, the switchboard. But how's it going, Miss Adrian? How are you? All is well. All is well. I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Happy to be in the number today with you. <laughs> Absolutely, I tell you, I, mean, I had I started our show with a special tribute, and I don't even think anybody heard the tribute because uh, it wasn't working. So we're going to act like we just came on the air and do this real quick. Hold on for me. Had to get that in there, Adrian. Had to get that. We Absolutely. know that. <laughs> we know last week uh, we actually was right after last week's show 
uh, got the news as soon as we got off the air that Chris Kelly, member of another, uh, uh, Chris Cross, passed away. So another hip hop legend, another one of uh, my my youth. <laughs> so uh, uh, another piece of my youth. So that was a uh, sad. So we like to always try to give some tributes when we lose some of our hip hop and musical legends uh, on the mm-hmm. air. So um, absolutely want to get that in there. All right, so, um, Adrian, as we like to start each show with, last week, well, this weekend, you got some big news coming from Studio A, right? You guys were in Absolutely. the Tell us what happened this weekend. Man, the Studio A competition team, or should I say the newly formed Studio A competition team, did, did their first competition uh, this past Sunday. We've been Studio A has been open for 13 years, and we do have an ensemble, a small ensemble of about 12 students that performs, you know, all around town. But we had never tried to put together a competition team. And, um, you know, with the whole dance moms craze and, you know, everybody sizing up schools and dancers based on their achievement at competitions, we decided to get in the game. So, Unlike most schools have very small competition teams, they may be anywhere from 10 to 25 students on their competition team, and even 25 is big. Uh-huh. We took 50 students. Oh, goodness. Yeah, our competition team has 50 dancers um, from the ages of 3 to 18, um, and we have, among those dancers, we have soloists, we have duets, we have trios, and then we have about... I think it's five teams, a three- to five-year-old team, six- to eight-year-old team, a nine- to 11-year-old team, a 12- to 14-year-old team, a 15- to 17-year-old team. Then we have a multi-age hip-hop team and a multi-age dance ensemble. And we took all of those teams and we entered a total of 21 dances. 16 of the 21 dances came in first place. Two came in second place and no three came in second place and one came in third place but the one dance that came in third place it came in third place in a category that we won first place with another dance it was two dances up against each other so just completely completely blown away we got five overall high score trophies like if it was a three or five year old not only did we win first place but we had the highest score of anybody three or five year old whether they were a soloist a duet or a team and we did that for the three to five year old team the six to eight year old team our hip-hop team and then uh, two of our soloists also received overall high scores so it's crazy wow first you know <laughs> I, I want to go ahead and play all I do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> but I haven't pre-screened it and got the radio edits and all that, so I don't want to mess up and put the wrong version on radio. But that's just what y'all do, man. That's just, If Studio A is involved, you better believe they're taking home the trophies. And, uh, oh, my goodness. And your little, your little angel is a member of our 6- to 8-year-old team, which was one of our most successful teams they were one of our teams that, that came in first place and also won the overall high score for all six to eight year olds and the whole thing. And she was phenomenal. She Go ahead and say so it again. Phenomenal. Go ahead and say it again. Who was phenomenal? She was, was phenomenal. phenomenal. I mean, I could not take my eyes off of her. Entire team is very talented, but she was so beautiful. I was so proud of her. That's my baby. That's my baby. So I'm glad yeah, I'm proud of her too. We talked afterwards. She was talking about how tired she was. And everything. Yeah, so uh I know, I know. It, it was a long day. So good stuff, good stuff. Definitely proud of all you guys are doing at uh, uh Studio A. We have a, a question as a matter of fact before we move on from uh our Facebook group. Uh wants to, someone wants to know, um, do you have I know the answer, but I wanna ask you ask you on air, do you have male students in your uh school or even on the da- uh, competition teams? Do not have male students on the competition team, but absolutely have male students in our school. We have um, male students in our young gentlemen's etiquette class. We have a young gentlemen's etiquette class on Monday night for students um, ages 10 to 15, and we have nine young men in that class. That class is taught by my husband. It's a personal development training class, and so we have them there. And then on our hip-hop team, um, our regular, not our competition team, but our regular hip-hop classes, we have three young men that dance in hip-hop. Three of them, two are in our hip-hop one level, and one is in our beginner hip-hop class. But we don't have any in our advanced, but we have in years past, just don't have any right now. All right, good stuff, good stuff. 
All right. So, wait a minute. Got to wait for the computer again. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff. We want to, you know, I think a lot of people look at you as a hero in the things you don't know. A lot of people look up for to you. And uh, so, you know, speaking of heroes, from one hero to another hero, not talking about myself, but there's a new uh, great American hero in our community, Adrian. And I'm mm-hmm. sure by now you would have you would have heard about um, Mr. Charles Ramsey. Did you hear mm-hmm. Follow that story out of uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, you know, Mr. Ramsey has become an overnight sensation uh, for his his uh, heroics, if you will, in helping to free the three young ladies who were missing for over a decade. Man, it's just a crazy story out of Ohio. What was your, you know, of course the first thing, uh, my first intro, intro to the story was, you know, people were showing the, the the interview that he had, just, you know, how it was kind of a typical, the interviewers go to the, you know, craziest looking black person. But the story itself was just um, truly amazing. I mean, it's just truly amazing when you really got past that part and looked at what was happening uh, with mm-hmm. the story. And, you know, three ladies uh, who were well, ladies now, uh, you know, kidnapped him and kept for, you know, nine, ten years all this time right there on everyone's noses. What was your reaction when you uh, first saw this story? Um, I think it was a combination, a combination of things. Uh, definitely excited and overjoyed and happy that they were found and found alive. Um, <clears throat> because I'm certain that most people that knew them had counted them out and written them off for dead and pretty much had begun to accept and deal with the fact that they probably weren't going to return because they say, you know, the longer a person is gone, the less likely it is that they will be found or be found alive. So I definitely was so excited and rejoicing for them that they were found and freed and found alive and okay. But at the same time, heartbroken um, for what they had to go through, just absolutely heartbroken. One of them had a child. Um, while they were in captivity, and I just, I just, like I said, my heart just went out to them that they were away from their families, um, just stripped of everything that they knew to be right, that they were treated horrible probably and tortured. I mean, you just don't know what they went through. So definitely heartbroken and uh, just feeling feeling so so terribly sad um, that that had happened to them. Yeah, I I, I tell you, it was you um, <laughs> once you get past that part and then um it just I, I was looking at the the I don't know if you saw the music video that was made today or released today of <laughs> of Charles Ramsey the same guys who um made that video are the ones who made the Bed Intruder song by Antoine Dotson uh yeah, so yeah, and so I had they have a app that they they're promoting so I went online you know looked up the app and the app is uh, two dollars ninety nine cents, but here's the thing: they in the description it said they have twelve million satisfied customers already. Oh Lord! So I'm looking at okay, twelve million. You know the math guy I am. I'm like, let me see these numbers: twelve million times three dollars. These guys have made thirty six million dollars off of YouTube. <laughs> so I'm like, you know. I, I'm like off of laughing at us pretty much, you know, and, and, and we did the same thing, you know, I mean, I mean, it was funny, you know, I'm not going to try to act like, you know, it wasn't funny, but, you know, I'm just looking at, uh, you know, that part of it and just like, wow, mm-hmm. what's, what's really going on, <laughs> you know? That's so, amazing. Yeah, so that that was, uh, you know, that that was the, 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 the newest hero we have out there in, in Cleveland, so... Y'all lost LeBron, and y'all have Charles Ramsey. So, <laughs> absolutely. So we 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 played the quick tribute at the beginning. We talked about uh, Chris Cross. You know, now I know you 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 were you know, just a year or two before me. So maybe you weren't in it. Were you in the Chris Cross when you were coming up through school? Or were you too old for Criss Cross at the time? Oh no, I I wasn't. Too, I was older than that, but I definitely right. loved the song. You know, I wasn't, I, I never was one who dressed like whatever the people are doing. I, I really was never into that. But I definitely in lo- love their song and love their little sound and their uniqueness. I definitely was into that. Cool. Yeah, I, I would have, um, my, my mama wouldn't let me um, wear my clothes backwards, so that, <laughs> that wouldn't have, I, I couldn't do that anyway. She was like, nah, boy, you ain't doing that. So I, I, I did the whole jump, jump, but I wasn't that cool to yeah. do it too. 
um, do do all the rest of the stuff. So yeah. So I tell you what, we're gonna um, keep it going. We're gonna go to the next next piece here. We're waiting for um, Quinn Conyers is gonna call us call into the show tonight. We're gonna um, but we're gonna keep it moving until we get her. Hopefully she's not stuck in Blog Talk Radio Land somewhere. <laughs> I know we had some technical difficulties earlier. So in the meantime, six four six. Six five two two six four seven is the number to call in if you're listening. Um, you want to call into the show uh, or blogtalkradio.com slash Rob Ross Show is the number to call in to. So, Adrian, we want to move on because now, you know, what we do, we have a lot of, this week was a, a big week. We have a lot of um, uh, questions and, and, and topics that were covered this week that you and I are going to go through to, on tonight's show. So I want to, we'll start with um, this being, you know, Teacher Appreciation Week. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we're both teachers in our own right now in the formal classroom setting. But you're married to a teacher. You know, I have been in the classroom for three yeah, years. Yeah, I'm an actual former teacher. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. See, I, I, I learned so much about you all the time. I didn't know that you actually taught yeah, as well. Yeah, I was a former teacher from Baltimore County Public Schools. I was the magnet dance teacher at Deer Park Magnet Middle School. Right. Um, the first year that I opened my dance studio. Good stuff. See that? So, So we both have have an affection for teachers. Uh, so I, I want to ask you first, um, kind of go down memory lane and tell us, you know, maybe who, who your favorite teacher was coming through. And it could be any grade. Uh, and then maybe uh, I'm sorry about one of your, your least favorite or say your worst teachers as we go through teacher appreciation week. <laughs> uh, I definitely know my favorite teacher, hands down, is my first grade teacher. Her name is Miss Cassell. Um, and she really was the first person. Well, I was going to say she's the second person. My kindergarten teacher also is responsible for really letting me know. I, I was gifted in math as a child and also gifted in reading, just a quick learner. And uh, my kindergarten teacher hinted, hinted around the fact or kind of talked to me a little bit about it, but my first grade teacher really, really sowed the seed of excellence in me and letting me know that I was really smart. I mean, I thought I was smart before, but my first grade teacher, she just put it to me in a way that made me feel like that no math problem was too hard, no word was too difficult, that, you know, even if I had to work, that I could be an achiever in the classroom no matter what because I had it in me. And um, and so I would say that she was my, my favorite school teacher. Um, but my favorite teacher in life was my grandmother. My grandmother, I stayed home. I didn't go to preschool. I stayed home with my grandmother um, until I turned five, and my grandmother taught me everything. So I was writing letters um, to my brother who was overseas in the service at, like, four. I mean, I could write full letters. Dear Earl, how are you? Oh, wow. <clears throat> you know, I miss you. I love you. I was writing letters like that. So my grandmother just sowed that seed in me, you know, to just have a love for learning. So those are my two favorite. I really don't have a teacher who, oh, no, I think of that. <laughs> that was my two favorite teachers. Then I think my uh, my high school biology teacher, I was going to say I didn't dislike him, but he was just boring and he was like a shoe. <laughs> and he was very, very, very boring. <laughs> My biology teacher, Mr. Germana. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll start with my least. It's funny because it was a science teacher as well. It was uh, and my um, physics teacher. And I wouldn't have had a problem with him except for he had a problem with me. <laughs> you know, and it was like he just seemed to go out of his way to uh, make life miserable for me and my best friend at the time in, in his class. I mean, and I've never seen an instructor uh, really do those kind of things to deliberately, you know, try to hinder a student's mm-hmm. uh, progress. But he absolutely did it. And uh, so never forgot that. And the bad part was I loved physics. You know, I loved it, but he made mm. it miserable. So, you know, I, I just always, I wonder what happened to him. I just want to come back and, uh, you know, look at, <laughs> him, look at me now kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but in the appreciation side, uh, I think, you know, one of my most influential teachers was um, he actually – uh, was never technically my teacher, but uh, he he taught in our school. Uh, his name was Mr. King, Eric King. He's uh, he was a gym teacher in high school, <clears throat> and he he just he was always a very positive man. He was also an assistant football coach, uh, and he was uh, really what inspired me to pledge Alpha. He was he was that role model that uh, in my life. And as I'm looking back now, 
I think he really was the first black male teacher that I can that I actually had and, and influenced wow. my life. So you're talking about going all the way through high school, um, never having seen that. And unfortunately, you know, 25, 30 years later, that still hasn't changed. I look at my, my kids' school, there's not a single black male teacher in the school, and I think there's only one black female teacher in the school. So, you know, it's um, mm-hmm. it, 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 that that influenced me in such a way. Uh, that he and he's he's a pastor now. He's he's since left teaching, but he's a pastor. And matter of fact, you know what? His granddaughter dances for you. His wow. granddaughter is in your school. That's right, because I see him at all the recitals. Uh, his, I don't know her name, but he she dances for you. As a matter of What's fact, his name. His name is King Eric King. I don't know what his granddaughter's name is. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll talk about that. Wow, about that's amazing. Yeah, I'll make sure we we hook that up. <laughs> but yep. So. So yeah, so we we'll say all that, you know. And this week I did something special. I gave away uh, free copies of my ebook, um, uh, my newest book, Create a Better You. I gave that away online, uh, kind of just to, for teachers and anybody really, but uh, who can go and grab one, and, you know, download that. So just some ways to kind of support. And you know, teachers get such a bad rap. We we talk about it a lot in our Facebook group when people are trying to figure out how to um, fix this education thing. And it's always mm-hmm. like teachers are always the ones who. Um, it, the buck kind of stops there. They're the ones held most accountable. Um, however, we know that they, they can't do it by themselves. It's kind of you know, it's five parties I look at in, involved with the education. You got the students, the parents, the teachers, the administrators, and the politic, the politicians. Uh, mm-hmm. However, it's always the teachers that are on the front line getting all the uh, uh, the, the 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 attacks, so to speak. So, uh, we definitely want to show them some appreciation this week. So, absolutely, they definitely deserve it. We would not be who we are or where we are without teachers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. So, tell you what. So, we are um, before we go to the next thing. We're going to go ahead and get ready to go to our uh, segment. We're going to bring on this each each month. We do a Wonder Women segment. Uh, so, the Wonder Women segment is a spot, is a feature where we uh, spotlight a woman who who is doing some great things, and we like to go ahead and give them their props. So, this week, what we're going to do. Hold on, no, she, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to bring someone who I've been trying to get this young lady on the show for a while, and finally we're able to get our schedules uh, uh, coincided so we can go ahead and have her on the air. So I want to go ahead and bring right on to the air Miss Quinn Conyers. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome, Quinn. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Glad we could finally get you on the air, Quinn. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on here. Uh, so tonight we've got a lot we want to talk to you about and really uh, jump into what Quinn is doing. You are a multifaceted woman. Um, here's, here's something, Adrian. You and Quinn, small world, I remember you both tried out for uh, Oprah's Host Your Own Show uh, contest that she had. Both of you were in that uh, event. I remember seeing you, both of your uh, campaigns for that. So. Quinn, I want to talk to you and start with you about um, your, your background. First, I want to kind of talk from the, the, the public speaking and the media personality of Quinn. Then we're going to go into what um, you're really doing now business-wise. So tell us about Quinn Conyers. Quinn Conyers. Hmm, that's such an interesting question. It's so funny. Um, I think I'm one of those multifaceted people. I think you, you hit it on the head. Um, I dabble into, you know, public speaking, um, an entrepreneur, just a person that kind of knows what she wants to do and realized early on that God gave me the gift of gab, and now I'm using it to inspire, motivate, and empower people. And it's truly been a blessing, and it's involved, I guess, evolved into so many different things that, you know, I'm just having so many different opportunities. So I definitely started out as a speaker and kind of morphed into a couple of opportunities and, like you mentioned, had a chance to cause sign up and try out for a couple of different uh, shows. Um, some of them worked out pretty well. Some of them, obviously, I don't know, Oprah was thinking she should have picked me to host my own show, but it didn't work. But it doesn't mean <laughs> we don't keep trying. So it's been a great journey, and um, I'm still in the in the, in the the middle of the journey, nowhere near the end, and um, it's just been great. All right. Good stuff. Now, I know right now you you are also in the process where you're um, teaching people about the speaking industry and about um, – uh, how how to grow their their business and their platform? Uh, tell us how how you started, how you transitioned to that um, area, and then how that's um, going for you right now. 
Well, absolutely. Well, my transition was really, really ironic. Um, a lot of people, what they don't know about me is I actually taught public speaking in high school for a year when I was attending Howard University during grad school. Immediately after that, I was actually hired as one of the youngest um, professors at Coppin State University. And I was teaching public speaking actually for the last five years on the collegiate level. And uh, what happened was I got a phone call, and they let me know that, because of low enrollment, they had to actually cut several of the speech classes, and two of those speech classes were mine. And um, I was thinking, okay, I need to earn some extra income. I've been teaching speech for the last six years. How could I turn this into a, a potential business venture? So some of the people who did know that I actually spoke were always asking me questions, but I never thought to come outside the classroom and teach people different principles that I've learned over the years. So technically, you know, my events where I started teaching others how to become, you know, speakers turned into an opportunity because my basically uh, part-time job teaching was canceled. So that's why I decided to take everything I learned from the classroom and transition it into a business venture and help others who aspire to speak, whether it was professionally or publicly, kind of hone in on those skills. So that's that was my story. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. And now you're doing something that I know a lot of the ladies and probably some men, too, who have ladies in their lives, are very excited about. Uh, tell us about this uh, purse paparazzi. What is it? How to get started? And, <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing with that? The purse paparazzi. I always tell people that purses and presenting is my passion. And the purse paparazzi really came from, you know, just a girl who loved handbags, and people kept complimenting me on certain bags. And, you know, my fiancé at the time actually introduced me to the business. And, you know, first it was us just kind of selling bags to people, and then my business brain kicked in, and I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to make this an LLC. I'm going to get some articles in a corporation. I'm going to call it a name. And that's what we did. So we came up with the first paparazzi. I mean, technically on the books, we've been around since 2011, but we were doing it a couple years before that. And basically, we give women a, a fashionable social experience. We bring the purses to the party. People like purses, and they want to look different, and that's what we do. So we provide chic, edgy, fashionable handbags, purses, clutches, wallets, you name it, we got it. And it's a really fun business because it allows us to give women an instant makeover. It's almost like when your hair is not done, you don't want to get a dress. Get dressed. Same thing with the right handbag. The right handbag can kind of set your, you know, your whole outfit off. So that's been really, really fun. I've been able to vend at different places. I've been able to gift bags to certain people. And, you know, I'm in a process of, you know, really evolving the business. We're doing well, actually, I just came back um, right now from a meeting with a location to host a handbag happy hour. And I um, just met with management, and that sounds like that's going to go through. So there's so many things that you can do as a business owner and really think outside the box, and that's exactly what we're doing with Purse Paparazzi by doing events, purse parties, handbag happy hours, overall just giving women a social, fashionable, you know, shopping experience. And um, that's what we're doing with Purse Paparazzi. And it's been not only profitable, it's been lucrative, but it's also been a lot of fun. Um, I, I wanted to just say that I love it. I love when people are innovative and you find something that you love and do well that motivates you, inspires you, makes you feel good when you do it, and you make it your business. And yes. um, I just love that because you can anything that you love to do can be your business. And I am so excited that you decided to do that. I was wondering what inspired the name. I mean, who or who inspired the name, or how did you come up with the name? Oh man, I get that question all the time and honestly it was it was really brainstorming. I mean we, we thought about handbag heaven, the purse people, the purse pushers and then I just was like purse paparazzi and originally my fiance really didn't like it and I thought about it. If you look really cute, people want to take your picture. And what's the paparazzi? They're people who go around and they take your picture. So, you know, we, we you know, stepped it up a, a notch. You know, there's a lot of women out there who sell bags, but nobody comes to events with red carpets like we do and we bring our own photographer. I mean, we really go a step above because once you get that nice handbag, we want you to remember the moment. So we take a lot of pictures and once we called it purse paparazzi i mean it caught on like wildfire like people just love the name um and, and it works for us but really it was strictly a a a brainstorming session we were two seconds away from the purse people or the purse pushers i mean we were just literally breaking down different things that you know handbag or bag or purse or pocketbook we were just kind of playing with the names and when i heard purse paparazzi i think i called about three or four friends gave them a list of you know our four or five top 
you know, names and purse paparazzi kept going number one. So we made an LLC, got our articles of incorporation, and, you know, we made it official. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to ask you, uh, I really am feeling this whole purse paparazzi in the business. I think it's a wonderful idea. Have you ever thought about making it um, maybe multi-level marketing, team building of any kind? Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, I have, and I – at this point, I have decided not to um, because, ironically, um, when I would go to different events, a lot of people would ask me, how long have I been in the business, who's my upline, who's my downline. I didn't even know what an upline and downline was. I, they were speaking French to me. So I started to ask a couple of questions, and, but ironically, every time I go somewhere, I don't know if I have, like, direct sales across my forehead. Mary Kay, Avon, Five Links, anybody imaginable has approached me. And I just felt like it wasn't a good fit. I think they're great companies. Didn't feel like that was for me. So when I was a, when people asked me, like, you know, how long have you been in business? You know, who's your upline, your downline? I didn't really know what that was. But then I began to do some research on the direct sales com- industry. And although I think it's very lucrative, um, I'm deciding to go another route only because, it's just a lot of work to, you know, keep that up, and there's so much turnover mm-hmm. in that business. And, mm-hmm. you know, just research, 80% of the women who, who join by the end of the year are gone. So if you have 100 mm-hmm. women that you sign up for the year, by December you're only going to have 20. So I don't know if I have – I have a lot of energy, as you can tell, but I don't know if I have that much energy to keep motivating people. So I'm mm-hmm. going a different route, um, whereas I want to host a series of events, like go to different cities and do handbag happy hours, maybe partner with different women's organizations and have them come out and enjoy like a social shopping experience. So we could go to mm-hmm. a different place. They can shop. You know what I mean? If it's a nonprofit, you know, they come out, you know, first paparazzi would donate a portion of the proceeds. Kind of similar to like, I don't know if you ever heard of Shecky's or for sisters only, like a traveling kind of like empowerment. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on, um, it's really focusing on like purses and style and, I might add a couple things to that as as time progresses because what I've noticed is a lot of women will say, I love this purse, but I have no clue where to wear it. And in my mind, I'm thinking about 25 different ways to wear it. Or, you know, I I go to different events and it's a black tie event and I'll see a woman walk in with a huge handbag. I'm like, oh, my gosh, where's your clutch? So in this business, I've noticed how many people are, you know, not as knowledgeable on how to wear certain handbags. So I'm doing it my business to give them kind of different ideas and tips on, you know, where where to wear their handbags because you think the people will know, but they don't. Now, Quinn, I, I don't want you to give away your trade secrets, but are, where are you getting these handbags? Are these custom made? Are you designing them? Are they? Are you getting them wholesale? Like what? What what is it about the handbags where you're able to pick them up? That uh, are there you know more than one each? Is it like one of each kind of bag? Once it's sold, no one else is going to get it. What what's kind of the way you're doing it? Um, I try to. That's a, and everybody always asks my question. Ask me that question. Most people ask me, do I get them from New York? Um, and I used to when I first started out because everybody knows that New York has a huge wholesale fashion district. Um, but it's almost similar to like China. People think that if you want certain things made, you know, you have to go to China, but they don't know that Japan, India, they all have different products. So I get my um, my products or my purses from, you know, a couple of different vendors that have really good relationships that I've developed over the years. You know, the most um, my purses can take to get to me is a week, but I have some stuff that I can get the very next day, sometimes two days, um, because of the relationships I had built. But I don't make any of the purses. Um, I basically just see what I like. I purchase it for um, all kinds of women in mind. You know, every purse that I, that I get is not necessarily something that Quinn would wear because I have to keep every type of woman in mind. So mm-hmm. I really just have different vendors that I kind of work with. You know, they'll call me and say, hey, Quinn, we have this, we have that. And, you know, I just rely on my fashion sense and, you know, what I kind of read about what's going on in fashion, try to stay, you know, current. And that's how I buy. And then I resell at a, you know, affordable price. But I, I don't make them but I just kind of buy them wholesale and, and, re, and then resell them. That's kind of my business model, and it's been working. Good stuff. Now, I want to ask, give, give us your information for those who, who are interested in finding out more information about the Purse Paparazzi, and then um, are people able to host their own handbag, whether it be a happy hour or their own in-home parties? Uh, how can they uh, go about contacting you to do that? Absolutely. You can um, go to my website directly, and that's www.thepursepaparazzi.com, or you can email me at quinn at thepursepaparazzi, and that's P-A-P-A-R-A-Z-Z-I. We usually mess up on the paparazzi part. Mm-hmm. So that's quinn at thepursepaparazzi.com. Um, I'm actually cutting back on as many home parties 
um, only because I can't really handle demand, and it's just becoming a lot more for me to go to people's homes. I mean, people, what people don't know is I've been doing home parties and home shows for the last four years. So I've been to a lot of homes, a lot of parties, made pretty good money, um, but now it comes to be a bit much. So I'm really focusing on doing, like, the handbag happy hours where I can tell all those women who are interested in having a home party to meet me at an actual location, preferably a lounge, and they can kind of meet me there, and um, we can kind of do it that way. Certain times I still do a home party where I actually come out myself, but, I mean, after four years, you got to change up the business model. And I just learned that a lot of the other direct sales companies, you know, they rely on home parties. So you got to, you know, stay current and do something different from everybody else. So if I meet a woman and I say, hey, would you like to do a purse party? She's like, I would, but I just had a jewelry party last month. So, you know, you got to kind of reinvent yourself. And a lot of direct sales that focus on women, they focus on home parties. So I kind of want to be a little bit different by doing a handbag happy hour. And it's the concept people just love. All right, we got a caller. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he's been on hold for a while, so I'm not sure if he's uh, has a question about the purses or is calling about something else mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. But let's go ahead and bring on Peter. Welcome to the show, Peter. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Adrian. How's it going, guys? Hey, great. how are you? Oh, hey, great, hey. great, great. Oh, yes, uh, excellent show. I just want to quickly give a shout-out to the members of uh, Quintessence 3, Hampton University. We're celebrating our 15-year reunion. This weekend, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone uh, down there. Uh, good, good comments tonight. Uh, thank you for recognizing teachers. Even though I teach at a community college, I mean, we we still matter, and uh, I'm really glad, uh, Adrian. I think you're doing a good thing with the youth in uh, Baltimore. So just keep doing what you're doing. And uh, Ryan, also, I'm sorry, Ryan. Uh, also, uh, congrats on your book, and I'm glad that it's uh, doing well too. All right, thank you, man. Peter, we're going to get you to host a uh, purse happy hour out there for you and uh, Jay. Y'all can have something out there, and we can get Quinn out there to Midwest. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to do some more things here in the Midwest. Lively. All right. I travel. (laughs) Thanks for calling. All right, yeah, you have to come out to Detroit sometime. All right, take care. All right. Great. So, so Quinn, what, what's uh, coming up next? That you're beginning to reinvent yourself and, and, and perfect paparazzi. I know you've been doing it for a while. But it's kind of like it looks like it's taking off to that next level now. Um, what, what do you see coming up in the next couple of uh, months and years for you uh, going forward? Um, well, next couple of months, I mean, it's a combination. I mean, speaking has always been a part of me. That's never went anywhere. I'm actually headed out to California in two weeks to um, go to a workshop to, uh, you know, kind of really kind of hone in on my speaking skills and finding my speaking niche. I mean, there's so many speakers out there that talk about different things. And one of the things that, you know, I kind of focus on is helping entrepreneurs and usually authors kind of expand and propel their business through speaking. And that's really what happened to me. I mean, being in purse paparazzi and going to all these different events, people would come and ask me to talk about my business and how I started it. So it kind of started to go hand in hand, and that's why I say I have a passion for persons and presenting. So, I mean, honing on that craft, giving people ideas on how to really, really, you know, propel their business through speaking, do more handbag happy hours, partner with women organizations. It's just an awesome event for the AKA's Wonderful Women. Um, about two weeks ago, I have a couple other things going on, partnering with different women. A couple people uh, contacted me about Mother's Day's presence, but I really want to say, you know, a new dimension. I know that people say, you know, next level or next steps, and I feel like that's kind of cliche. My thing is I want to take this bag business to a whole another dimension. I want to, you know, focus on my niche as a speaker on helping others, you know, grow their business through speaking because I feel like it's such an underrated marketing tool. And I always tell people, you know, you learn it, you do it, and you share it. It doesn't matter what you do. So whatever you're working on as an entrepreneur, you learn it, you execute it well by doing it, and then you start sharing with other people what you know because I guarantee there's people out there, you know, that are watching Tiny because there's people out there watching you, Ryan, and they want to know, what are you doing and how have you done it? And they're willing to pay for it if you just do a workshop on it. And I feel like it's one of the most underutilized marketing tools. So I really want to work with entrepreneurs and authors on how to grow their business through speaking. And, of course, still providing women with great handbags, you know, whether it's for work or it's for girls' night, date night, whatever, because purses are accessories and every great woman loves a great purse. And I can do both for people. All right. Good stuff. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, for us. <laughs> 
definitely awesome. I, I still am I'm hearing you and and um and as an entrepreneur myself of thirteen years, I'm still uh even if it's not the whole uh, multi level marketing thing, I definitely think that I don't know if you can sell the name as a franchise or but I definitely can see you taking that and training people and having them work under you as a leader, um, doing the same thing, using the name and you I just see I just see it. I just see it growing. So well, I just wanna just that sounds like me and you should have a conversation offline. I like the way yeah. I like what you see. It's so, I, yeah. I, I I just say I, I really would I just think you can do it. It's so funny because Adrian, you know, you asked the question I was going to ask, and I kind of when I look at and I follow what Quinn's been doing, uh, and I kind of saw the same way. I mean, that's kind of my background though, so I saw the uh, the opportunities there as well. So definitely, it's just funny that you mentioned it too. So Quinn, uh, but then to hear Quinn's ideas were also like, okay, wow, that that that's good stuff too. So definitely, um, you know, wishing you the best, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm always following. I've been watching you for a while. I can't even remember. I think we met through. Uh, Omar and Edak. I don't remember how we met, but I know uh, we been... did. Yeah. I remember. I remember you actually. You were one of the first speakers. I was like, I like what he does. You did a workshop. I'll never forget. It was a couple of years ago called Always Be Closing in Business, That's and right. it was you and a few other people who I watched as far as you know speaking and being able to articulate. And I remember you. Um, you had a little bit of you know nonverbal communication. That's what you were talking about, and it was a really inspiring message. And people just don't understand how 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 powerful speaking is. It's like, you know, you and let's say Mike from across the hall can offer the same products and the same service. But if Ryan can articulate it better and make it sound better or be able to communicate the benefits, you're going to get the business every time. So I really want to for very much inspiring me very early on in my career because I think when I even met you, I think I might have been a student. You know what I mean? I don't even think right. I was like where yeah. I was. I think I was very much in my infancy stages. I think I just had a, a passion, but I was just, you know, coming to learn from you and learn from a couple of the other speakers. And I remember your, I remember the name of your workshop, Always Be Closing. That's how much of an impact it was on me. Um, and I don't remember anybody else from that day. So two po- two cool points for you. Wow. Stick <laughs> it out and, you know, having an impact. And you, you never know, you know, Who's in the room that you're inspiring? And, um, you know, thank you for that, and thank you for inviting me. I do appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Definitely appreciate that as well. Quinn, go ahead and give out your contact information one more time. we got to let you go, and hopefully people can go ahead and support what you're doing. Sure. Um, you can visit my website at thepursepaparazzi.com, or you can shoot me an email at quinn at thepursepaparazzi.com. So if you're interested in perfecting your presentation skills or you're interested in a hot handbag or a powerful purse, contact me. I can help you. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You have a great one. All right. Take care. Adrian, how many purses did you order while we were on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> I am, to be honest, I am not a huge person, huge, huge purse person. I mean, I do have handbags and the ones that I have I like, but I am big on business and big on great ideas. Um, definitely am emphatically supportive of uh, your ability to speak and sell yourself, that carries your business. My business, not only do we do great things at Studio A, but I certainly know that my ability to articulate, you know, my passion for dancing and my commitment to excellence, it's why people sign their children up at Studio A. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I carry a man bag, so I'm going to have to talk to Quinn about having her man line of uh, purses. <laughs> I catch a lot of flack for it, but, you know, my I don't My brother care. carries one, so I, you know, my brother carries a saddlebag over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, so to talk to her about her, her man line as well, see what we can do about that. So, <laughs> so good stuff. So, Adrian, we got a couple of things, you know, I forgot about, you know, we had commercial breaks we didn't even go to, but we might as well go ahead and keep it going now. Um and go with uh, some of these topics that were in our Ask R&B segment. So we're going to go ahead and uh, get some insight, get some some things about, um, see how how you feel about some of these things as well. So I'm just going to pick from one of the topics. Let's see here. We let, Let's start with this one. We, we had one of our, uh, I, I, I'll withhold his name, but we had one of our members who was talking about recently, uh, he found out, his, his his current girlfriend told him that he had heard about uh, she had heard, rather, that his ex-girlfriend was spreading rumors about his fidelity and how he handles things in his relationship. Um, you know, he got upset and, and, and that his ex was doing these kind of things and spreading these kind of rumors. 
Um, and I, so I kind of wanted to bring the question to you, and the question was, you know, how, how to deal with that kind of situation and all. Um, what what, what it, it was, and for me, it was kind of weird that, uh, that not so much that the ex was saying things. I mean, ex was going to do things, but I guess my biggest thing was why did the current bring it up if she didn't necessarily believe these kind of things? Why would she bring up, uh, you know, these kind of negative things that someone else was saying about her boyfriend? So I kind of want to get you know, your, your insight. How in your relationships and in your marriage, I mean, when people say things uh, negative about the person you're with, what's kind of the the the, the operating procedure that you go by? Is this something you take those things back to your your man and tell him what people are saying about them? You know, whether you believe them or not, or you just kind of ignore it. Do you deal with it with that person who said it? What what kind of advice would you give this person? <clears throat> well, fortunately, it's only been one uh, time that we've even encountered anything like that, and it turns out to be someone trying to play a joke, a, a really horrible joke that wasn't funny. Um, I, I haven't had an experience um, where I've had, you know, somebody truly coming to me saying negative things about um, my husband or anything he's doing. So knock on wood, we've been together 15 years. I've not experienced that. Um, so I'm happy about that. But the one time that we were engaged, we weren't married, and the one time that somebody tried to play, you know, like a joke, we were at a, my husband's a comedian, we were at an event, and a girl came over to him and said, um, I have a good friend that told me she's pregnant by you. Mm-hmm. And um, and my husband is looking at her, well, my fiance at the time, he's looking at her, no, you don't. You don't know anybody that told you they're pregnant by me. She was like, yes, I do. I do know this girl. He was like, okay, well, and I wasn't there at the time. So he went and came, he came and got me immediately. He told her, you wait right here. He came and got me immediately and brought me over and told me what she said. And he was like, okay, you can finish your story, but I want you to do the story right here while my fiance is here. So go ahead, finish. So she finished telling the story, her and her friends. Um, and he said, okay, we'll call her right now. Where is she? Who is she? What's her name? Let's get her on the phone. Let's get her. Let's deal with her right now. Let's deal with her right now. Who is it? This is not a game. And then her and her friends started looking at each other laughing, and, you know, and it came out that they were, you know, joking. We were just playing and da 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 So um, I didn't think that that was a very funny joke at the time. I'm looking at my heart. is racing. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> um, so I, that's how he handled it. You know, he brought me into it immediately. It was like, okay, so I imagine if if I did hear something about him or if I was hearing that somebody was talking about me, I would just bring him in it immediately so that we could, you know, get to the bottom of it or find out, you know, what's the reasoning, even if we or if we just listen to it and just like, yeah, that's some nonsense and so we're not going to deal with it. But um, that, that that's what I think. I think just dealing with whatever's going on and deciding if it's even worth dealing with or if it's some whole, it's some nonsense to begin with. I think that was excellent advice, actually. I think the fastest way to pull someone's car is to make them prove it, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. Not just pull that car, because even if you know it's not true, but to make them stop from uh, even bringing that mess to you again. I think that's a lot of times, you know, if you entertain it, then they feel like, okay, they they get that charge, whatever it is they were trying to get out of it. If you give it to them, then they're going to come back with it again if they can. So, um, you know, yeah, playing about someone having a, a, a baby out there is not funny at all. Um, but definitely, I think I like the way he he handled that. So yeah, you know, I, I've kind of like you know, I, I tell my I've told my fiance, you know, deal with you ain't got to bring it to me. I trust her to deal with it, you know, and shut that thing down and uh, right. you know, take care of it, you know. And, and unfortunately, I, I, no one comes to me with that kind. Of, I I can't say a single time I've ever remembered anyone coming to me saying anything negative about anyone I'm with. Um, I just I just don't entertain it. So maybe that shows in my face. I don't know. I've been blessed. Um, right. But, but I, I'm sure people come to the women I'm with and say things. But uh, fortunately, I haven't had to deal with that as well. But that was very good advice. I definitely appreciate that. And I'm sure that um, the man who experienced it appreciates that advice as well. <laughs> so hopefully uh, that will help him and, and they can stop going through that same mess over and over again. So well, that's, that's really crazy, and I think that, it, and with anything, I think you know you need to deal with it and make a decision about it, either move on, but having stuff ongoing, you know, and and I think we're all responsible for making sure that we only deal with what we want to deal with, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that you know even if you when you're in a relationship with your partner, look, either we're going to deal with this and it's going to die now, 
or, you know, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. I just think that, you know, you should just try to make a decision about how you're going to handle things early on. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I want to I want to give you uh, the choice here. We got, do you want to talk about the movies or do you want to talk about the dancers? Talk about the movie or talk about what? The dancers, the high school the, dancers. The high school dancers. Yeah, that's, oh. all, I'm, that's all I'm giving you. The uh, movies. Talk about movies or we talk about the high school dancers. Let's talk about the high school dancers. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick that one. <laughs> all right, here's the situation. There was a group of, uh, of teenage girls in high school, obviously, um, and, and they were they, they were creating these twerk videos. Now, I know you and I have talked in a group a long time ago about twerking. You know, for those who may not know uh, what twerking is, twerking is 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 a dance where there's some as as our as one person referred to it as muscle isolation. It's a lot of booty popping. <laughs> there's a lot of booty popping dancing. Uh, for those who don't know, so there were some high school girls who made these videos uh, twerking, uh, and the school ends up suspending the girls. Uh, they also barred them from going to the prom and even threatened that they wouldn't be able to walk the stage for graduation. Mm. Uh, uh, so yeah, I looked at, I tried to watch the video and see all the information. I just couldn't get through it and not really sure, like, you know, why the school felt this uh, um, discipline, which was seemed kind of harsh to me, was, was necessary. Um, was it happening at the school? Yeah, I think some of the videos were actually at the school. So that's what I want to ask you. I mean, what what was your take on something like that? Do, do you think that, and being a dance instructor, knowing all different types of dancing that's out there, um, did, did that seem extreme for you? I mean, I, to well, me, I, I, I don't want to see high school girls twerking personally, but I don't. Right, the twerking is very well. The twerking that I've seen, I've only seen one twerk video, and it was a long time ago. I guess a couple of years ago, um, and it looked it, maybe I saw an extreme version, but it definitely looked like stripper-like behavior. Mm-hmm. What I saw. So, and I definitely think that if you're doing, um, if you are in displaying stripper-type movements and actions and you're scantily clad and you're doing at the school, you do need to be suspended or removed. I mean, I, that is a complete distraction from learning. And learning is not moving forward in the school system. It is a distraction, and it could possibly lead to other things. It's very sexual behavior. So I do understand them trying to deal with it and deal with it very seriously. So maybe this first video I saw was extreme, but it definitely put, when I saw it, it looked like little girls, you know, using their bodies to entice or to, you know, to be in sexual gestures. So I, I definitely think that it's something that needs to be dealt with and dealt with seriously. Um, now, if they're not twerking at school and they're twerking somewhere in the community and they don't know anything about it, then I don't know how the school is getting involved and why they would suspend them. If there's nothing happening at school and it's not interacting with the school at all, like somebody just told that she twerks sometimes, um, I don't know. But if it's happening at school, then I'm, I'm I'm wholeheartedly supporting. And I'm sure that if they told them that that was not the first time. I mean, your first warning is if you continue, then this may happen, this may happen, this may happen. So um, it just depends on if they're willing to follow school rules and adhere to the guidelines. And, you know, then I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that a school would be willing to work with someone who is apologetic and is trying to get, you know, on the same page as, as administration and teachers and adhere to guidelines. If you just have somebody who is being radical in um, their behavior or their responses and not trying to adhere to what, you know, is appropriate behavior at school, then I'm saying you make your bed and you lie in it. Right. Yeah, and I definitely agree with that. There's, there's nothing um, asexual about twerking. It, it's it's very... Um, Inappropriate in my in my eyes for anyone that's not an adult. Um, so when I first saw the story, I was definitely like, uh, you know, I, I, I agreed with the whole suspension thing because it looked like it was in school. This was like something that they were doing um, as part of the, in, in school. Uh, but I was like, it just seemed like it was you. You pick one or the other. Like you kind of you can suspend them or take away the prom or. Now that I'm off for graduation, but again, not having all the details on exactly how serious the situation was, I, right. I, just, I would just hope that they weren't taking away all of that from these these girls. 
um, without it actually being a, a serious offense of something. Right. But um, right. You know, so I'm just like you know, I, I will be kind of honest. I am. I am. I, I am a person for um, swift, hard punishments. I mean, I am. It just depends on how extreme it was, and I and I'm just usually give the benefit of the doubt to teachers and administrators that usually if it's the first time, if it's depending on if they were in, you know, thongs and they're standing on top of tables, and guys are sitting underneath them. I mean, it just depends on how, you know, what kind of event it was. And if they just went in the hallway dancing, you know, and got caught, then definitely I'm like, that's crazy to try to take all that from a child. But if they're doing things that they clearly know are unacceptable and inappropriate in school, and that, you know, it's not even up for question. Like, they know that they're completely out of line. It's sexual behavior that is definitely inappropriate, and they know, and they're just blatantly just going against administration and saying they're going to do what they want to do. Then, again, I'm like, okay, well, you make your bed and you lie in it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, last thing for tonight uh, in our What Was He Thinking file, <laughs> NFL play. We were talking about this all day today in the Facebook group, NFL player Mario Williams. Uh, last January, uh, proposed to his fiance, gave her an eight hundred and fifty thousand dollar ring. Poor boy. Ten carat diamonds. Uh, February, she calls off the wedding. Well, calls off the engagement. Um, the following February, so they were together for over a year. I, I think that's the way the story goes. Um, but. And, and we don't have any details. Well, the rumor is she says he was cheating, but there's no facts that, that I've seen yet to back it up or whatever. But the bottom line is she broke up the wedding, the, the engagement. Mario wants his $850,000 ring back. Who gets to keep the ring, Adrian? He gets his ring back. <laughs> yeah, I, That's why I love you, because you make sense. Why, why, why? That's a contract. That's a verbal contract. This is contingent upon us getting married. That ring wasn't given to her as a gift. Like, oh, you just have it. Okay, I like you. No, this ring is given for the person that I want to marry. And it is a verbal contract. I mean, if he goes to court, they're going to give it back to him because that's how, that's how it works anyway. If you ever see any court proceedings about an engagement ring, if the wedding is called off and they're no longer engaged, there's no contract. There is no verbal agreement of engagement, so the ring goes back. Yeah, I, and I agree, and that, that's the way we look at it. Some some of the women didn't feel that way. Some of the women felt, "Hey, you gave the ring up, then that's what you um that's what you should you should deal with that. Then you lose it." It wasn't a five hundred. I mean, a five thousand dollar ring, though. We talking about eight hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, dollars. So I, I don't get how. In some states, though, you know, some states, it depends on the state. We had our, our, our legal eagles in the group, and uh, believe it or not, some states actually do see it as a gift. Most states do not see it as a gift, though. It is uh, an agreement that comes with terms of ex- expectation, rather, to, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get that, to get married. So uh, does it matter to you whether or not, I mean, while the engagement was called off, does it matter to you whether uh, he cheated or something like that? No, and not to me. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't keep it. I just wouldn't keep a ring. I, I wouldn't keep a ring from someone who gave it to me because they want to marry me. I'll give them their ring back. I don't want it. I mean, that's just me. Yeah, that, that was my question. What would somebody want with the ring? And the only question, only answers I got was to change it into some other jewelry or to sell it. So pretty much, you know, seemed like women want the ring so they can profit off of it. So right. I, yes. So <laughs> saying, and I definitely don't need. You know, I don't. I don't, I just don't feel like now, if she's somebody desperate and doing bad, then then you know that ring might and maybe they might want it because of that. But if you're um, you're doing fine and you're financially secure and you're doing good and you're comfortable where you are, then uh, yeah, I definitely. I understand. Like I said, if somebody who's doing bad and they like, look, I'm about to take this ring because I'm about to get put out, or <laughs> you know, something like that. But, but general circumstances, I would not keep a ring that someone gave me if I'm not going to be with them. I give them that ring back. Well, good stuff, good show. We've got to get out of here. I want to go ahead and give out our contact information. You can always check out the Ryan and Brian Show replays at www.robryshow.com. You can go there and listen to all the replays. You can follow us on Twitter at Rob Show. You can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Ryan and Brian, or our fan page, facebook.com slash Rob Show. 
We'll be here next Tuesday. Talk to you then. Be blessed. Ain't the limit no more, look past that See the finish line, and then laugh that Be the man where you used to get laughed at God on it, who are they to say you can't have that Even when you fall, don't give up, get up Pick up where you left, confess you a winner Keep shooting high till you tear the whole ceiling up People don't laugh